Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. We've heard many times the verse in John 14, 6. Say it with me. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus makes an absolute statement that I am the only way, truth, and life, and no one will come to the Father but by me. And yet, there are other religions out there that say that they have the truth. Christianity is not the only religion in the world. These religions show us that humanity is seeking truth. That throughout all of history, we have sought to know where we come from, where we're going, what is the meaning of life, what is the purpose. And all religions have different understandings of how to approach those deep questions about life. There's a church document from Vatican II in the 1960s. There was a big council. It's called Nostre Atate. It's the declaration on the relationship of the church to non-Christian religions. And here's what it says. The Catholic Church rejects nothing that is true and holy in these religions. She regards with sincere reverence those teachings which, though differing in many aspects from the ones we hold, nonetheless often reflect a ray of that truth which enlightens all men. But still, the church proclaims and ever must proclaim Jesus as the way, truth, and life. What the church says about other religions that are not Christian, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, all of the religions, is that these religions have a ray of truth that the church says, Amen. And yet Jesus remains the only fullness of truth. Family, not all religions are the same. And no religion is all bad and all evil. And it's very important never to demonize a human person for their religion. That's strictly racism. Just because a religion might not be fullness of truth does not mean that person, the human person, is bad or evil. But again, religions are different. And so to come to an understanding of our faith, because family, I see myself as a teacher. Jesus today was called teacher. And so sometimes when we teach, we want to compare Christianity with other religions. And that is exactly what St. Paul does today. There are religions that live by a written law. For the Jews, it is the Torah, the law of Moses, and particularly the Ten Commandments, but even more, all of these written liturgical laws. For the Muslims, it is the Sharia law, which takes its origins from Islam, from the Quran. What do we live by, family? As Christians, do we know that the, what law we live by? Notice what St. Paul says, and I want you to declare this. Repeat after me. If you are guided by the Spirit, you are not under the law. He continues, say this with me. The whole law, the whole law 
is fulfilled in one statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Continuing, he, can, he says in Galatians 5, in contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. So family, are we people of the law? What does it mean? Do we not have a law? The prophet Jeremiah, I wish we would tell our beautiful Jewish brothers and sisters, the prophet Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 31, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Jesus has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. We no longer follow a law on a piece of tablets. We don't follow a law in a book. We follow the law that is written on our hearts. And if God, who is love, has created us out of love, then there is something in our hearts. Family, please do some self-reflection throughout your life. Maybe this week you pray and say, why is there this hole in my heart which is yearning for love? What is it about love that I desire? Well, it's because God has created this hole that can only be filled by Him who is love. The law of God has been poured into our hearts. St. Paul starts Galatians 5 by saying, For freedom Christ has set us free. Do not submit to the yoke of slavery. We know the slavery of sin, but also he's referring to the yoke of slavery as the slavery of the law of Moses. We are not confined by the rigidity of the law, but we are living a dynamic life of love in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus is calling us to love. And we need to be set free so that our hearts are open to loving those around us. You see so much division in the world today because of the law. People are saying in today's world, it's religions that are causing this. It's not Jesus. Jesus isn't causing this. It's the broken human heart. It's hatred. It's racism. Jesus wants to set us free from that. And please, family, do not look at yourself better. We are all prone. If anyone's sleeping, please wake up. Our hearts need to be transformed. Come Holy Spirit. Remember that the old law brings shame. Shame leads to isolation. And we hear in the gospel today this woman who's suffering for 12 years 
and she's isolated. For 12 years, she's been isolated. For 12 years, she identifies with her sickness. For 12 years, people look at her and say, get away from me. For 12 years, she is called unclean, impure. Notice what the law says about this woman. In Leviticus chapter 15, the law says, when a woman has a discharge of blood, she will be unclean as long as she has that discharge. For 12 years, this woman has a flow of blood, and for 12 years, she is called unclean. The law separates. Love unites. Amen? This woman had to stay away from people. Family, there are some of us in this church, maybe, and there are thousands outside of this church that did not come to church today because we judged them and said, unclean, shame on you. You don't deserve to be here. People look at the church like a place of rules. If I don't do this, then I'm not good enough to go to church. A lot of people are separated from God because of their sin and they believe that because everyone around them judges them as a sinner, I can't come to them. I can't go to God. God desires all of his children to come back. He wants to break the cycle of shame, isolation. Family, you are loved and the church loves you. We want you back. So come home. I want to apologize on behalf of the church for ever shaming someone. Our intention sometimes when, when we preach against sin, when we preach against what's wrong, our intention is to give us an informed conscience of knowing our sin so that we can repent and come back to Jesus. But oftentimes we can be too harsh and people experience too much shame and they feel like there's a wall between them. In the gospel today, we heard about a dead young girl. Without the Holy Spirit, we are dead children. And Jesus says to his daughter, he says to you today, child, arise. Wake up. I want you to live in my spirit. And next he says, take something to eat. Eat my body. Drink my blood. Have life because of me. True freedom comes from love. For freedom, Jesus has set us free. So stand firm and do not submit to the yoke of slavery. Family, when I speak against the law, do I sound like an anarchist? Anarchist is someone who believes in no law. Do I sound like someone who rejects law altogether? Absolutely not. That's not what I mean. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. The great law is love. The law is the Spirit of God poured into our hearts. The Holy Spirit is dynamic. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And so we reject a relativistic approach to truth that a lot of people are living 
but we also reject the rigidity of the law. Come Holy Spirit, amen?